Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Purest water make me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. And Father, uh, we thank you for the wonderful things you're going to do for our families in these coming days, uh, all because of your faith in us. Lord, we put our trust in you to bring them into the kingdom. We believe that you're capable of doing this. In the Passover, the lamb was a sacrifice for each family. So we thank you, Father, for household salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to share a wonderful revelation with you that probably will encourage your faith. And at least you can put your faith with ours and believe for your family um, to escape these uh, judgments that are coming. And uh, and so have salvation. Uh, Merlene Laughlin had this dream on uh, the 12th. And I want to share it with you. She said, I had a brief dream this morning of an old-time country wagon. It was 12 feet long and pulled by a team of mules. Michael Hare was in the seat guiding them to where they needed to go. And he was focused. David was beside him on the right. They each wore light blue shirts and jeans. Michael was wearing a brimmed hat that kept the sun from his eyes. And David did uh, just kept his eyes on the edge of the road, watching for boulders and uh, holes. In other words, uh, watching for earthly hindrances to our spiritual progress to go to our promised land. And that is, of course, our heavenly kingdom. Um, Merlene said they were on a road which was going up a mountain. Now, mountains represent kingdoms in Scripture. So this represents ascending our heavenly kingdom. I was seeking this, um, I was seeing this from a side view and the mountain had quite a, a slant on it. It would be a challenge to go up it. Well, uh, it is a challenge. Um, it's a sojourning against the law of gravity for men, naturally speaking. Um, men naturally gravitate to the earthly and are lost. Downhill is the easiest path for the flesh, but it is always the way that leads to death, whereas uphill leads to death to self and resurrection, which is life. Uh, this means going against the human nature, against the law of sin and of death. 
and against the curse by faith in the Word of God and the sacrifice of Jesus. And it means leaving behind the pleasures and the love of the world to love God and His heavenly kingdom. Merlene said, Now in the wagon were a few belongings that this family had. And uh, I, I saw a mattress and an old wooden rocker. And I believe this represents uh, instruments of resting by faith in the promises of the heavenly life in the Word, right? When we believe the Word, we just rest. Because Jesus said, believe you have received. Everything you pray for, believe you have received. So you rest. That's, that's the life of faith. The righteous shall live from faith. And there were other small items, such as clothing. You know, we are told in Romans to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and don't make provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. So we're putting on his works, right? And blankets. Uh, that represents the comfort from winter, which is called tribulation, right? Uh, I believe that this family represents the corporate body of our physical and spiritual families that we are bringing to the heavenly kingdom through our prayers and our faith. We uh, all have fathers, mothers, wives, husbands, scattered children uh, who are later shown to be in this wagon. Um, all these are believing God to be in His heavenly kingdom. Right? All of the people who have these families are believing God that they will be in the heavenly kingdom. We have different members that we're believing for. Sometimes our, some of them are saved and some of them are not. We're believing for them. That's our family, right? Um, she went on to say our UBM body had lined each side of the road going up the mountain. And this is where I joined in the line, she says. And we're, we were an arm's length from each other. We all held hands. And before the wagon reached the end of us in the line, we all started moving again, forming a chain. And so we continued to move along with the wagon. Each side did this as we were moving in unison. Um, I believe this represents the power in unity of one accord. In other words, agreeing in faith for each other's families. Uh, the most powerful prayer, of course, is the prayer of agreement. Matthew 18 and 19, Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father who is in heaven. So let's now agree that our Lord will hear all of our prayers for our families. You know, you don't have to keep begging, keep begging, keep begging. You can enter into the rest. You can believe you have received. Jesus said, all things, whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe you have received them, and you shall have them. All things whatsoever, that, that covers that, right? 
Uh, so let's agree that our, our Lord will hear all of our prayers for our families to be sanctified and saved. And, you know, obviously the very beginning of the tribulation, uh, or even before that, in the earthquakes and things that are going to happen before that, there will be opportunity for multitudes of people to die. You don't get saved if you die before you get saved, right? So it's a good time now for this to be reminding to everybody to uh, pray for your family, believe you have received. And we'll all agree for each other, right? Marlene said, as the family saw us on each side praying, they took strength. Well, I believe this is representing the prayers of the faithful, strengthening them to climb the kingdom. We were all praying as we continued our journey up the mountain, sometimes in English and sometimes in the Spirit. The husband and wife were near Michael and David's seat, and knowing the children were scattered about the few boxes in the back. So uh, many of us know we have children that are scattered, you know, and we can believe for them wherever they are, right? Amen. I saw Matt's back as he was walking outside the wagon close to Michael. He had on denim bib overalls, a floppy hat, and carried a walking stick in his right hand. I believe this is representing original and ancient discipleship of forsaking the earthly ways to grow in the kingdom ways. The simple wilderness life of forsaking Egypt to trust in God. Anna was one of the first two or three women holding hands uh, of the others with uh, baby Obi, his name is Obadiah, wrapped on her front securely. You, you know, a lamb was for the household, and so we aren't to be leaving anyone behind uh, in the world, right? Trusting God, trusting God. We all continued to climb the mountain. We knew that the hardest part was to push up and over the top. And when this happened, notice it happened. <laughs> when this happened, we all gave a shout and a victory shout. We uh, are looking forward, of course, to the end of the trial and the uh, victory that all the faithful will have when family members either spiritual or physical family, right, enter the kingdom. Um, Merlene said, I received a word by faith at random for this dream, Zephaniah 2 and 3. Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, that have kept his ordinances. It's important that you live for God so that your prayers are respected, and so that you have faith. Seek righteousness, seek meekness, and it may be that you will be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. Well, this is, of course, what we want. People don't get saved if they're not hid in the day 
of anger. They get taken out, you know. I'm not saying people won't die and go to heaven, but I'm saying if they're not saved, when these things happen, they may get taken out. So you have to believe God for them, so this doesn't happen. Notice it's those who have kept the word and humbled themselves that will be heard of the Lord for their families. Those who rebel against the word and and godly authority are going down the mountain with their families because of their earthly lusts. I can't tell you how sad I've been when God has taken people out through faction who had idols or hidden sins or were just rebelling against the truth and all of a sudden their whole family went down the drain went down with them it reminds you of Matthew 18 when the person who wouldn't forgive his fellow servant he and his family were sold sold to where? sold into judgments sold into um, the curse 1 John 3 and 21 says, Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, we have boldness towards God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him. If our heart condemn us not, whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him. Because we keep His commandments and do the things that are pleasing in His sight. So it's the children of the believers, it's the children of the righteous, that are saved. And this is His commandment, that we should believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. Okay, so there you go. It's important to love one another. Those who are full of hatred and criticism of others, uh, unforgiveness, are unforgiven. How can your prayers be answered if you're unforgiven, right? And love one another, even as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments abideth in him, and he in him. So when we are obedient, we are in Christ. We're in the secret place of the Most High. We are hidden. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he gave us. And also, 1 John 5 and 15 has a similar phrase. It says, And if we know that he heareth us, whatsoever we ask. Remember the first text there? Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Now he says, If we know that he heareth us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions which we've asked of him. Now, so these people will be hid in the day of the Lord's anger, which is coming shortly. And here's some other verses uh, that weren't received by random, but just by the Spirit. Amos 3 and 3, Shall two walk together, except they have agreed? Well, if we do not agree with the word concerning sin and righteousness, we can't walk with God. We have no favor for our families. First Corinthians 7 and 14 says, For the unbelieving husband is sanctified in the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified in the brother. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. 
Notice, if we believe and are sanctified, our lost loved ones can, through our faith, come into the kingdom. So, uh, we've got different articles on the site that tend towards this teaching. Uh, the children of the righteous are coming. Um, families of the righteous are blessed. Uh, faith for lost loved ones. Uh, that will, you know, encourage your faith in this direction. And uh, she also received Galatians 5 and 25. If we live by the Spirit, by the Spirit, let us also walk. Taking this in context, I'm going to read from 18 through 25, okay? But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. In other words, you're not under the curse of the law, right? Um, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these? Fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousies, wraths, factions, divisions, parties, envyings, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I forewarn you, even as I did forewarn you, that they who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God, meaning they shall not climb the mountain. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And they that are of Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh, with the passions and the lusts thereof. Notice that. And they that are of Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh, those natures that we just mentioned a minute ago, with the passions and the lusts thereof. If we live by the Spirit, by the Spirit let us also walk. Amen. See, there's a reason that you become righteous so that you can have a righteous seed. So, and that's what God said He sought, uh, a righteous seed from us, right? And concerning the rest from our works uh, through true faith in the promises, I believe, which is symbolized by the bed and the rocker, I'm going to read that text to you. Hebrews 4 and 1 through 11 let us fear, therefore, lest happily a promise being left of entering into his rest, any one of you should seem to have come short of it. Well, we're commanded to keep the Sabbath in the Old Testament. Of course, the Old Testament is a parable of the New Testament. So we have to keep the New Testament Sabbath, the fulfillment of of the letter of the parable, right? We have to keep it. It's a command. Anybody who broke the Sabbath died, you know. So we have to enter into that rest. Verse 2 says, For indeed we have had good tidings preached unto us, even as also they, 
But the word of hearing did not profit them, because it was not united by faith with them that heard. So the promise has to be mixed with faith for us to enjoy the benefit of it, to be called believers, not just loosely called Christians, because multitudes of them are going to be lost. Okay. So the Lord is looking for believers. The righteous shall live from faith. If you believe your prayers about your family, what do you do? You enter into the rest. Right? Verse 3, For we who have believed do enter into that rest, because you believe you've received, as Jesus commanded, right? So you can now rest. You don't have to worry. You put it in His hands by faith, right? Even as He has said, as I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Isn't it interesting that all the works of the believers was finished from the foundation of the world? We enter into those works by resting from our own works through faith in the promises. They shall not enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. It's not a matter of what you have to do. They've already been accomplished, but we enter into that through faith. For he has said somewhere on the seventh day on this wise, And God rested on the seventh day from all of his works. And, uh, of course, we have entered into the seventh day the 7,000-year day. And, um, and it, it is also the rest. Verse 5 says, And in this place again they shall not enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remained that some should enter thereinto, and they to whom the good tidings were before preached failed to enter in because of disobedience. Oh my goodness, disobedience will destroy you. But people do it very flippantly nowadays. You can show the verse, but it doesn't make any difference to them. There is just massive rebellion out there. We see it now in the political world, and it's been in the church already. He again defineth a certain day, today, saying in David, So long a time afterwards, even as hath been said before, Today, if you shall hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have spoken afterwards of another day. The real rest, folks, didn't happen then. It's happening now. That was a parable, okay? There remaineth, therefore, a Sabbath rest. And the word here is sabbatismos, meaning a continuous rest, not just one day. We've entered into the seventh day. We are in the continuous rest for the people of God, right? For he that is entered into his rest hath himself also rested from his works, as God did from his. Amen. We trust in God's works, which were finished from the foundation of the world. We trust in them. We receive them as a gift. There's been reconciliation, which means an exchange. Our works for His works. We give up our works. We take on His works. We cease from our works on the Sabbatismos. And we enter into His works freely, which were already finished. 
So it's not by our works, it's by His works, right? Let us therefore give diligence to enter into that rest that no man fall after the same example of disobedience. So who is it that's going to have their prayers answered? Yeah, that's right. We can see this plainly here now. So hang on to your faith and put your faith together with others and agree with us today that your your family and your children are saved. They're saved because you are saved. They're a, they have a special uh, favor from God because you have favor from God. Amen? Father, we put our faith together. And Lord, you've heard all of our prayers that have gone forth to bring our families into the kingdom. You've heard them. And we put our trust in you today that this shall be. You said, all things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe you received them, and you shall have them. So we believe we have received today, Lord. We confess it. We continue to confess it. We will not be anxious. We will not be troubled. We will not try to pound it into their head because we're desperate for them to come into the kingdom. We will simply trust in you, Father. We will cease from our works and rest and enter into your works. That's not to say, Lord, that you won't say things through us to our families. Uh, in patience, in peace, and in faith, uh, it is to say that we will rest from our own works, Lord. Any kind of our own anxieties and all our stresses. We thank you, Father, for bringing them in, Lord. Amen? Amen. You know, the promises for household salvation are for those who are counted righteous through their faith in the true Jesus of the Bible. And that faith includes believing for families. Those who walk in willful disobedience have no sacrifice and are not righteous according to Hebrews 10.26 and have not this benefit. The promises are for he that believeth on me as the scripture has said. Right? Repent and believe in all you know of the Scripture so that your family has a covering. You know, make these verses, which I'm going to share with you, uh, personal for you and for your family. Because God's not a respecter of persons, but He is a respecter of the faithful uh, who are called righteous. You remember that He said, in Mark eleven twenty three and 24, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou taken up and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that what he saith cometh to pass, he shall have it. Now I believe that he was on the Mount of Corruption. That's what they call the Mount of Olives. Because on top of it, had all these uh, idolatrous symbols and places of worship um, that the Israelites put there, and including uh, Solomon's wives who put their idolatrous stuff up there. And they called it the Mount of Corruption. And this is what he was saying, be cast into the sea. 
Whosoever say shall say unto this mountain. So just by faith, cast it into the sea. Command these demons to loose them. Command the sinful nature to be gone from them. Speak faith concerning them. Speak faith to them. Don't be worried. Tell them they're going to be saved because you believe it. Right? Therefore, I say unto you, all things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe that you received them. It literally is received them. Believe it was done at the cross. It's past tense. Even in the received text, there's a footnote that says received. That's right. And you shall have them. So, I'm going to share some verses with you. I want you to pray these verses in faith for your family and believe them, right? Genesis 6 and 18, But I will establish my covenant with thee, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. Wow. Can you do that? Since he's not a respecter of persons, believe for them to come into the ark of Jesus Christ with you so that the judgments don't touch them. Remember, faith is accounted as righteousness. Right? And Genesis 7, 1, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Well, notice, his family received favor because he was accounted righteous. In Genesis 12 and 7, And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. That's the promised land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord, who appeared unto him. Awesome. Thank you, Father, for bringing in our families. In the name of Jesus, Father. Genesis 13 and 15. For all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. The promised land represents... The land which has drunk the rain that brings forth fruit in Hebrews chapter 6. And um, it represents us. He's, it's the promised land because he's promised to give us that land. So the land that's drunk the rain that comes oft upon us. And if it brings forth fruit, well... But if not, it's, it's nigh unto a curse whose end is to be destroyed. So, Genesis 13 and 15. For all the land which thou seest to thee, I will give it. And what did they have to do to take that land? They had to conquer the old man of the land. That's your carnal man. To thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. Genesis 17 and 7. 
and I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant. Notice between it's you and your seed after you. Now I want to say this, that uh, this can be both your physical and your spiritual seed because you do sow the seed of Christ, the Word of God, among the people, and uh, it brings forth fruit in them. It brings people to salvation, etc. And uh, so that seed makes them yours, right? To be a God unto thee, and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee, and to thy seed after thee, the land of thy sojournings, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, everlasting, an eternal land, which is our promised land, which is this land that we walk in. Remember, uh, Adam's flesh was made from the land. (laughs) So, we are the land. And God is the one who sows the seed that brings forth the fruit. And we're to, put, we're to break up our fallow ground so that that fruit bears, that ground bears fruit, right? And I will be their God. It's up to God to draw people. We can't draw them. We can't force them. We can't scare them. We can't, we can't do anything to get them into the kingdom. It's God. We have to go to Him by faith. That's it. In Genesis 18 and 19. For I have known him to the end that he may command his children and his household after him. All right. I am not talking about a command to them. I'm talking about a command about them, you know. We command them to come into the kingdom in the name of Jesus. We command Satan who blinds the minds of the unbelieving to release them in the name of Jesus. Right? That they may keep the way of the Lord. So he commands his children that they may keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice. To the end that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which He has spoken of him. Oh, praise you, Lord. Thank you. Genesis 19 and 12 through 16. And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides? Son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters and whomsoever thou hast in the city. Bring them out of the place. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters that are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. But he lingered, and the men laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. And, of course, his wife turned back. And uh, she had a responsibility, of course, to walk with the Lord. And she didn't. 
She turned back, got her attention on the city, and away. She was told not to look back. She did. And we're all told not to look back, not to look back to that life that we left behind. You know, if you look back to that life you've left behind, you're going to lose something. And you may lose your own life or the life of others. Genesis 21 and 13. And also, of the son of the handmaid will I make a nation, because he is thy seed. Genesis 26 and 3. Sojourn in this land. Let me say this. Let me back up about this other verse here. Um, I know people who are of Arabic descent that came into the kingdom. Um, They heard the word, they came into the kingdom, or they had relatives that were praying for them, and they came into the kingdom. It has nothing to do with your nationality or your background about being a seed of the kingdom anymore. And uh, people who have been a son of the handmaid can come out from among them and be separate. And um, the Muslims are being saved by multitudes now. And uh, it's nothing compared to what's coming. Their lands are going to be devastated by what's coming. Many of them are going to cry out to God. And uh, He's going to hear them. Many of them are getting dreams and visions about God. And they're coming in, you know. Continue to pray for that. Not just for them, but some people think, well, um, who they are in the natural, son of the handmaid. But they don't have to stay that way, right? Genesis 26 and 3. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and I will bless thee. For unto thee, and unto thy seed, I will give all these lands. He's going to give you control over that flesh. That old man is dead. This this body, this land is now going to be under the new man who is taking authority. We've given authority to the flesh and we have to take it back by faith in the Lord, right? I will give all these lands and I will establish the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. And I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven and will give unto thy seed all these lands. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Of course, because this seed is saved, right? Delivered. And the Lord appeared unto him the same night, and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee. Notice, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, I am with thee. This father believed for the promised seed, right? And he received it. Fear not, for I am with thee, and will bless thee, and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. Notice, it is for the father's sake. (laughs) Interesting, huh? So, if you're faithful with the faithful Abraham, will God give favor to your children? Well, that's what it's saying here, very clearly. Exodus 12 and 26. 
And it shall come to pass, when your children shall say unto you, What mean ye by this service? That you shall say, It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt, the household, right? When he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses, which is their household, and the people bowed the head and worshipped. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Father. And uh, Leviticus 26 and 44 and 45. And yet, for all that, when they are in the land of their enemies, I will not reject them, neither will I abhor them, to destroy them utterly, and to break my covenant with them. For I am the Lord their God, but I will for their sakes remember the covenant of their ancestors, whom I brought forth out of the land of Egypt in the sight of the nations, that I might be their God. I am the Lord. Remembering the covenant with the ancestors. How are you making a covenant with God? You're doing it through your faith, right? God will keep that. Deuteronomy 4 and 37. And because he loved thy fathers, therefore he chose their seed after them. Notice. Who is it that he loves? Well, the Lord said, I love those that love me, in Psalms. And uh, the Father said, He loved us because we loved Jesus and obeyed Him. Right? And because He loved thy fathers, therefore He chose their seed after them and brought thee out with His presence and with his great power out of Egypt. He chose their seed after them. <clears throat> oh, how awesome. Deuteronomy 6 and, and 6 and 7. And these words, which I command thee this day, shall be upon thy heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Okay, so some people say, feel condemned, of course, because they didn't train their children to be Christians. They weren't Christians. and it, didn't it has nothing to do with what you can't do. It has something to do with what you can do, right? You can't do anything about that. That's why God is more powerful than we are. We, he can do things where we have failed in the past. But are we believing now? This is the important thing. Deuteronomy 10 and 15. Only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers to love them, and he chose their seed after them. Wow. Even you, above all peoples, as at this day, Glory to God. Deuteronomy 12 and 28. <clears throat> Observe and hear all these words which I command thee, 
that it may go well with thee, and with thy children after thee forever. So, you know, some people are not believing what I'm saying, is that God favors our children because we have accepted his favor. We live by, by grace through faith. Grace is favor. That it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee forever, when thou doest that which is good and right in the eyes of the Lord thy God. You say, well, David, I haven't always been obedient. I haven't even understood it was necessary, and on and on and on. Yes, but what your past doesn't count anymore. You're, you're, what you're doing now. You know, God will forget your past if you walk in the faith now. All right? You'll cast it in the depths of the sea. Deuteronomy 18 and 5. For the Lord thy God hath chosen him out of all thy tribes to stand to minister in the name of the Lord, him and his sons forever. Hmm. Deuteronomy 30 and 6. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thy heart. In other words, cut away the flesh. And the heart of thy seed. To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, that thou mayest live. Amen. In 1 Kings 11 and 13. How be it? I will not rend away all the kingdom, but I will give one tribe to thy son, for David my servant's sake, and for Jerusalem's sake, which I have chosen. Okay, he's doing it for their sake. 1 Kings 15 and 4. Nevertheless, for David's sake, did the Lord his God give him a lamp in Jerusalem to set up his son after him and to establish Jerusalem? Amen. Psalm 37 and 26. You know, I, I just want to remind you about David, uh, that when David fell into sin, uh, his seed re- rebelled. Um, so, I mean, I have to tell you, you know, the Lord wants us to walk with Him so that our promises can come to pass. He's going to use your faith. You don't have faith when you walk in sin. If a heart condemn us not, we have boldness towards God. Psalm 37 and 26. All the day long he dealeth graciously and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. And his seed is blessed. Psalm 102 and 28. The children of thy servants shall continue. And their seed shall be established before thee. The children of thy servants. That is those who serve the Lord. In this good news, saints, oh gosh, thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. 
Psalm 103 and 17 and 18. But the loving kindness of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear Him, and His righteousness unto children's children, to such as keep His covenant, and to those that remember His precepts to do them. Notice. People are justifying themselves, they're justifying their sin, they're rebelling against the Lord, rebelling against His servants, falling into faction and bitterness and unforgiveness in some cases, just like we're seeing massively out there in the world. And they don't understand why their children are going down the drain. Thank you, Father, for bringing them into the kingdom, Father. Psalm 112 and 1 through 3. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. Wow. Awesome. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. The generation of the upright, the offspring, those born of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Psalm 115 and 14. The Lord increase you more and more. You and your children. Blessed are ye of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Meaning he's big enough to do this. He can handle it. Psalm 144, 11 and 12. Rescue me and deliver me out of the hand of aliens, whose mouth speaketh deceit, and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. The Lord has given us this many times, and we know it's talking about the faction who have always warred against the righteous, just as the son of the handmaid wars with the son of the free woman, right? When our sons shall be as plants grown up in their youth, and our daughters as cornerstones hewn after the fashion of a palace. Oh, thank you, Father. Proverbs 3 and 33. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, or the household, the people, the children, the offspring, so on and so forth. Husbands and wives and so on. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesseth the habitation of the righteous. Their household is blessed. They are blessed. The righteous are blessed and the children of the righteous are blessed. Proverbs 11 and 21. Though hand join in hand, the evil man shall not be unpunished, but the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Oh, praise you, Lord. 
The seed of the righteous shall be delivered. In other words, there is a punishment coming. There is what we spoke of earlier. The anger of the Lord is coming to be poured out on the earth. And, sad to say, many people who call themselves Christians are not going to escape. And because they walk in rebellion, they don't care what God's Word says, they walk after man, they walk after His commands, um, they are not themselves the seed of the righteous. You know, when we read these promises and these wonderful things that the Lord puts in His Word, we become the seed of the righteous ourselves. And then the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. That is, our seed shall be delivered. Both we and our seed shall be delivered. Proverbs 12 and 7, The wicked are overthrown and are not, but the house of the righteous shall stand. Proverbs 13 and 22, a good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. Yep, you pass it on to your children and it keeps on going. And the biggest inheritance we want for our children is the Lord himself, right? And the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the righteous. So God's going to take it away from the sinners and give it to the righteous. There will be an abundance of needs met in the coming days. <clears throat> you remember how the Egyptians gave generously to the Israelites as they were leaving Egypt. That's a type of that. And even when we are converted to the kingdom... Everything that was in the hands of the Egyptian is now in the hand of the Israelite. And of course, we should deal with it respectfully as though it belongs to the Lord and, and as though we're just stewards and not owners. That's very important, because we are. It's no longer 10%. Jesus said, if you don't renounce everything you have, you cannot be my disciple. It's all the Lord's now. Forget the 10% thing. That was under the law. Proverbs 14 and 26. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. The children of those who fear God will have a place of refuge. Hallelujah. In Proverbs 20 and 7, A righteous man that walketh in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. There you go. A man who walks in his integrity, a righteous man, his children are blessed after him. Proverbs 22 and 6, train up a child in the way he should go. That is, if you have that kind of an opportunity. Some don't. Some uh, didn't come to the Lord until after they raised up their children and they feel guilty. Well, don't. You can't do anything about that. 
God forgets all about that when you come into the kingdom and walk righteously before Him. If you walk in rebellion, there isn't any sins that are hidden. He will bring your sins to remembrance. The Bible says that. Oh no, David, they're thrown in the depths of the sea. He can fish them right back up. The Bible says he can do that. But you have to walk with the Lord so that doesn't happen. Your sins are not forgiven if you don't forgive others. They're not forgiven. How does he not forgive them? The thing that he had forgiven, now he does not forgive them? That's right. That's what he says. He brings your sins to remembrance. Why do people who are bitter and angry and unforgiving and critical and judgmental live under such a curse? You can see that they live under a curse because they're not forgiven. They're not forgiven their sins. God's trying to turn them by these judgments upon them, and they won't listen. Hell is full of people that claim Christianity. Proverbs 22 and 6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Might he go astray in the meantime? Well, yes, he might. And it might be to teach him a lesson, to humble him, to teach him his own personal need for a Savior. Uh, Again, uh, the Lord only saves sinners. A lot of people don't think they are sinners. (laughs) So uh, sometimes if a person's proud and arrogant and judgmental of other people, he turns them over to sin. To get rid of that. Um, In other words, who are you to judge? If I let you go, you go right back where you came from, right back under that rock you crawled out from under, right? Proverbs 22, 6, To train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Isaiah 44 and 3 through 5, For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and streams upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed, and my blessing upon thine offspring. Praise the Lord. And they shall spring up among the grass as willows by the watercourses. One shall say, I am the Lord's, and another shall call himself by the name of Jacob, and another shall subscribe with his hand unto the Lord and surname himself by the name of Israel. Amen. Isaiah 49 and 25. For thus saith the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away. You know, there are children in bondage. They're in captivity. They have to learn to be sinners, to learn to know that they are sinners so they can be delivered and humbled. Remember Nebuchadnezzar, how he went into captivity, lost his mind, eating grass for seven years before the Lord released him, and then he had such a wonderful revelation of God, you know. And our children are that way. Sometimes they think they deserve everything they got because of mommy and daddy or something. You know, they're self-righteous. Lots of people are. 
So we do have to go through things. That's why you can't walk by sight for them. You have to walk by faith for them. Even when they go, they're going in the wrong direction. You know, even when they're out there on drugs and, or in sin in different ways, you know, fornication, whatever. Keep on believing. The Lord can do it. The double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Think not that that man shall receive anything of the Lord, right? So, don't be double-minded. Walk by faith. Even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away, and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For I will contend with him that contendeth with thee, and I will save thy children. So just remember, no matter how much bondage they're in, that can be a useful tool when they come to the Lord. When they remember a lesson that they learned and how painful it was. So don't think that anything is useless in bringing people to the kingdom. It certainly wasn't for Nebuchadnezzar. Boy, he got turned over to the devil, didn't he? Isaiah 54, 13 and 14. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. In righteousness shalt thou be established, and thou shalt be far from oppression. Thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. So if you're worried about terrorism, <laughs> don't. If you're walking with the Lord, don't. Don't worry about it. Don't fear it. Fear nobody but God, right? Don't fear for your children. You know, trust God. You got children in places in the world where you know massive judgment is coming. Keep on trusting God. He's able to do it. Jeremiah 31 and 16 and 17 Thus saith the Lord, Refrain thy voice from weeping, and thine eyes from tears, for thy work shall be rewarded, says the Lord. And they shall come again, that is, Rachel's children, who in the Gospels died. <laughs> and they shall come again from the land of the enemy, which explains to you what death is, you know. Captured by the enemy, right? The old man is ruling in the land. And it doesn't look like they'll ever be saved. But we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith, right? They shall come again from the land of the enemy. And there is hope for thy latter end, says the Lord. And thy children shall come again to their own border. Yep, they may backslide in between here and there. But don't worry about it. God uses everything. They have to have a fear of the Lord. Judgment's coming to restore a fear of the Lord. Great, great storms are going across the world in the very near future. I'm talking about spiritual type storms, you know, of judgment and wrath. Don't worry. Just keep on believing. Those angels are there to fulfill the Word of God. They'll be with them. They'll guide them. They'll protect them. They may let them get spankings so that they will fear the Lord. And But whatever, just keep on believing. Jeremiah 32 and 38. 
through 41. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. And I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever. Notice it's just one way. <laughs> that they may fear me forever. And you can't find that one way in these apostate institutions of man. These are just idolatrous houses, harlots' houses. They assembled as troops at the dar- harlots' houses. You know, it's amazing. They they need to read the word, the true seed of God, right? That they may fear me forever for the good of them and of their children after them. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from following them to do them good. And I will put my fear in their hearts that they may not depart from me. Yea, I will rejoice over them to do them good. And I will plant them in this land assuredly with my whole heart and with my whole soul. He will not turn away from following them to do them good. You know, even a spanking is good. I mean, because a sentence against an evil work isn't executed speedily. The hearts of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. You don't want to spoil brat. So when you see them getting a spanking, don't worry about it. It's just the Lord getting his kids lined up, you know. Jeremiah 30 and 20. Their children also shall be as aforetime, and their congregation shall be established before me, and I will punish all that oppress them. Jeremiah 32 and 39. And I will give them one heart and one way. There it is again. Make sure you don't go other any other way than the one way. Right? In the scriptures they talked about being in the way. <laughs> That's, that doesn't mean obstruction. It means in the path. In the narrow way. In the narrow path. Right? That they may fear me forever for the good of them and of their children after them. Jeremiah 46 and 27 says, But fear not thou, O Jacob, my servant, neither be dismayed, O Israel, for lo, I will save thee from afar. and thy seed from the land of their captivity. And Jacob shall return, and shall be quiet, and at ease, and none shall make him afraid. So they'll return from captivity. You know, people who are in captivity, either your spiritual siblings or... Um, 
a husband or a wife or whatever, they're in captivity. Well, he says they'll return. And that's all for Jacob's sake, because his promise was to his seed. He said, And thy seed from the land of their captivity. And Jacob shall return, and shall be quiet and at ease, and none shall make him afraid. Oh, hallelujah. Joel 2, 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Malachi 4, 6, And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Well, amen. I would say this has been shown to me in a spiritual way too, not just a physical way, and that is the fathers are those who have seed, sowed the seed of the Lord in the children. And uh, children can rebel against their spiritual fathers. But the Lord said He's going to turn the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Amen. And He's going to turn the heart of the fathers to the children. Because many fathers give up on their spiritual children. They, they, uh, they don't continue to walk by faith for them when they get rebellious and go do their thing, you know. Acts 2 and 38. And Peter said unto them, Repent ye, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ unto the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For to you is the promise, and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call unto him. It means their children's children, the children's children's children, <laughs> on down the road, you know, are to all and afar off, and are afar off, right? He'll baptize them in the Spirit, claim it, believe it. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So notice that the promise is not just to you, or to you is the promise, and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call unto him. Acts 16 and 31 says, And, and they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt be saved, thou and thy house. Believe on the Lord Jesus. And a verse I used before, 1 Corinthians 7 and 14, For the unbelieving husband is sanctified in the wife. And, of course, that's the believing wife. <laughs> and the unbelieving wife is sanctified in the 
believing brother. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. You know, because faith is accounted as righteousness. You know, you're believing God to do something. It's as good as done, because he said, believe you have received, right? Everything that you pray for, believe you have received. So don't doubt for a minute that the Lord is not able to bring this to pass. Don't doubt it for a minute. In fact, he says, but now are they holy. In other words, believe you have received, right? In Ephesians 6 and 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but nurture them in the chastening and admonition of the Lord. And, you know, this is important because fathers and mothers uh, sometimes harp on their children till they don't want to hear it no more because they're anxious for them. They want them to be saved. They want them to be delivered, so they harp on them. And they beat them up. And they don't teach them faith. They don't speak faith to them or teach them faith so that they will believe what God said about them. And so the, the children get frustrated. They get provoked to wrath. They rebel. They get angry. They get as far away from their Christian parents as they can get because they're provoked to wrath. Now, I'm not saying that some don't just get rebellion from the people around them or from their friends. Or We was praying for a young man this morning who'd gone back into cocaine. It seems like he gets delivered, but as soon as he gets around his old friends, he goes right back into it, which is a common thing. Right? They have to learn how much this is going to cost them. So just pray and believe. You know, speak faith to them, even when they're in rebellion. Speak faith, you know, tell them, you know, you're going to be saved. You know, you'll be all right. You'll be fine. I'm I'm believing for you. You're going to be saved. You know, the Lord will bring that to their remembrance that you've said that. But a lot of people, you know, speak such evil on their children that um, they destroy them. There's no faith there. They're not believing they have received. You know, they're not acting as though the Lord has heard their prayers. They're not uh, believing with their heart and confessing with their mouth. And we all need to remember to do that, right? Believe and confess that the Lord is our Savior. The righteous, as well as their families, have a wonderful deliverance from the spiritual prison You know, uh, when Israel came out of Egypt, they came out and their children came out, right? When they ate the Passover of deliverance from the coming curse of the death angel, uh, it was a lamb for a household. So the Lord left that type for us to continue to believe Him. Amen? This is a revelation given to Vanessa Weeks. It's about the prison doors being opened. You know, 
believe for your children that they'll be set free from captivity, right? And uh, she said, on May the 20th, 2016, in a dream, I saw a rectangular gray prison. Then there was an earthquake, and the prison doors opened, and the prisoners came out. Well, we we know a, a great earthquake happens uh, in Revelation 7 before the first trump. An earthquake happens. And also before the first trump, an angel takes fire, fiery coals from off the altar and casts them upon the earth. Well, we know earthquakes are coming because we're going through the tail of planet X and um, a lot of fireballs are going to fall to the earth. That's, I believe, what that's speaking about. And also, a great earthquake happens there before the first trump. So we're coming to that beginning of tribulation. And I realize some people don't realize that that is the beginning of tribulation, but it is. We're coming to that. And here it's said that an earthquake and the prison doors opened, and the prisoners came out. We have learned that the earthquakes that are coming from this thing, in the midst of this, not only is the man-child coming to be a new leadership for the church, but in type, the Lord himself is coming in the body of the son of David, representing the man-child, to lead the people out of captivity and through the wilderness, just like Moses did. It's a beautiful type and shadow, parallels going through the Bible that point to this. And now we know that the visitation of the Lord is uh, comes with an earthquake, according to the Scriptures. There is a shaking coming, and the prison doors are going to be opened. Prisoners are going to come out. How awesome. So keep on believing for them. I believe the Lord is, you know, bringing this to our remembrance right now. This, so that we will continue or repent of any double-mindedness and continue to believe for them because the Lord wants to use our faith uh, to do a mighty deliverance of His people out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, out of prison. And all who saw them said the quake did them no harm, but only helped them. <laughs> yeah. The quake did them no harm, but only helped them. Yeah, because, um, you know, I know people, especially children, they've been taught, hey, these are the end times. Look around you. Hey, we tell our kids that, you know. Look around you. These are the end times. Look how crazy people are going. Look what's happening, you know. But when it happens, when it starts happening, is when they're going to remember these things and believe that, oh yeah, it is happening. You know, it's not just crazy mom and dad, right? It won't do them harm, it'll do them good. And Vanessa said, this reminded me of Acts 5 and 19. But an angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors 
and brought them out, and said, Go ye, and stand, and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Mm-hmm. And also, Acts 16 and 25. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns unto God. And, uh, of course, that's faith, you know. They weren't worried about their surroundings. They were just trusting in the Lord. And the prisoners were listening to them. <laughs> and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. The great earthquake. I personally believe that the Lord has shown me that there's an East Coast earthquake that's an earthquake. And then there is a, a New Madrid earthquake that's a great earthquake. When Jesus died, there was an earthquake. And when he was resurrected, there was a great earthquake. And uh, I believe, and, and it seemed like it was three days apart, right? And we've even had a dream that there... That people who were away had three days to get back to their homes before the great earthquake came. So that was uh, interesting. It seemed to point to us to to say that there's a parallel here, you know. But anyway, we've received many dreams about the coming of the man-child, who is none other than Christ coming in a body of flesh, manifesting by his word and by his spirit in a body of flesh, uh, a, a group of reformers to bring the church through the wilderness, to trust in God, to learn faith in God. They're out there building buildings with brick without straw. <laughs> but he wants them to go into the wilderness where they can serve God, like Moses told Pharaoh. They can't serve God in Egypt. They have to go into the wilderness to sacrifice unto the Lord. Amen. And so that's where we're headed. There's a great shaking coming. And um, we just praise God. And there's a Red Sea, too, that's going to bring down many of God's enemies. Including your old man, right? Because we know Paul used that as a baptism, that Red Sea. Baptism of death to the old man. But also, there's a lot of old men out there that are chasing God's children, wanting to kill them and destroy them, like Pharaoh and his army, and he's going to bring them down. In fact, we're seeing it. We're seeing multitudes even go to jail, and that's just the beginning. He's bringing them down. The faction are constantly looking for a way to get at the righteous as our dreams and visions have shown. And the Lord's going to bring them down. Maybe a baptism that will bring some of them to life. Maybe some of them will die. Physically die. But I end up here, everyone's bands were loosed. And this is kind of exciting. The Lord will open the prison doors soon. Thank you, Father. Continue to thank the Lord.
Bless his holy name. He knows what he's doing. Put your trust in him. You know, the physical and spiritual children of the sanctified believers are coming to the Lord. Our natural children have promise of sanctification and salvation through these promises that we've read. You know, the unbelieving husband sanctified in the wife and vice versa and the children becoming clean and so on and so forth. In Deuteronomy 12 and 28, the Lord said, Observe and hear all these words which I command thee, that it may go well with thee and thy children after thee forever, when thou doest that which is good and right in the eyes of the Lord thy God. When you do that which is good and right, you, you need to serve the Lord for your children's sake because it is the children of the believers. The children of the of thy servants, remember, shall continue. Their seed shall be established before thee. You know, Hosea 4 and 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest unto me, seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I also will forget thy children. Now, I know that when I said something similar to that a while ago, some people probably didn't believe that, you know. The truth is, it's not your religion that's going to save you or your children. It is faith in the Word of God. You need to get back to the Word of God. The harlot's houses have many in captivity. The harlot is Babylon. Babylonish religion has many in captivity. Come out from among them and be ye separate. If you serve the devil, and if you're not serving the Lord, you're serving the devil. And if you're serving something that's other than the Word of God or a system that's other than the Word of God, you're serving the devil because if you're not for me, you're against me, the Lord said. So you can't serve the devil and expect him to save your children. You're raising them up to be sons of the devil. I'll I'll tell you that again. My, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. See, where can you get knowledge? You can't get it in the Babylonish religions. You have to get in the Word. They reject the majority of God's Word. And if it's not told to them across the pulpit, they reject it when they read it in the Bible. They just skip right over it and keep on going. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I also will forget thy children. If you forget the law of God, he will forget your children. The word teaches household salvation as a benefit to the believer. And also, let me say this, that the bride is being raised up by the man-child to be the foundation to bring in a Uh, an end-time harvest 
just exactly history repeating itself. You know, John said, He that hath the bride is the bridegroom. He was calling those disciples of Jesus in that day the bride, and he was the bridegroom. The children of the bride, typed as Zion, or faithful Jerusalem, not apostate Jerusalem, which is the opposite. That's the false leadership of God's people. Faithful Jerusalem will come into the kingdom in in multitudes by a great revival. We've received this a couple of times in the last, I believe, week or so. Isaiah 60 and 1. Let me read that from up there on down. It says, Arise and shine for thy, speaking of the bride, Thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. wonder why that happened. <laughs> well, because they're believing for it, right? We behold in a mirror the glory of the Lord, and we're transformed into that same image from glory to glory. That's the gospel, which the overwhelming majority of the church does not believe. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, gross darkness the people. Uh, do you see anything like that out there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all over. It's amazing. It's astounding. What's happened in just the last year is astounding. Most wicked foolishness you've ever seen. And gross darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. <laughs> right? And nations shall come to thy light. Uh, well, you know, people, um, they've become fearful when they see the world going nuts, nothing you can trust in whatsoever. No longer can they put their trust in the government. Uh, no longer can they put their trust in their church. It's all going nuts. It's all getting turned upside down. God is especially going to come against the churches. We're talking about coming out of captivity, but I'm telling you those that rebel against the Word of God are going into captivity. They're going down the mountain while you're going up the mountain. And nations nation shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Oh, hallelujah. Lift up thy eyes round about and see. They all gather themselves together, and they come to thee. He's still talking about the bride. They come to thee. Think about Jesus' disciples when they went out there and preached his word. They were so happy because they saw the people listening and receiving and seeing signs and wonders and miracles. They came back and reported these signs and wonders and miracles to Jesus. <laughs> they come to thee, thy sons shall come from far. Praise the Lord. Thy daughters shall be carried in the arms. Many children will come to Zion, their true mother and biblical leadership, right? 
Verse 5. Then thou shalt see and be radiant. Thy heart shall thrill and be enlarged. Because the abundance of the sea, because of the abundance of the sea, in other words, representing many peoples, the nations and tribes and tongues, Revelation says that these are the representation of the sea, right? Or what it represents. Shall be turned unto thee, the abundance of the sea shall be turned unto thee. The wealth of the nations shall come unto thee, that which is valuable among the nations that belongs to God shall come unto thee. Oh, hallelujah. We got an awesome revival coming. Be happy. But it's going to take the fear of the Lord, and that's why God's going to shake this world with earthquakes, volcanic activity, tsunamis, uh, etc., etc. First of all, people think they're insulated, that God wouldn't do these things, and they're about to get shocked what God will do. It was called the wrath or the anger of the Lord, as, as we read earlier. Who's going to escape the anger of the Lord, right? Let's go down into verse 14. And the sons of them that afflicted thee shall come bending unto thee. Yes, there are many out there that are afflicting God's people. They, in most cases, don't know what they're doing. They've been taken over by demons. They've been turned over to the devil for the destruction of their flesh. Not by men, but by God. So that they can be saved in the day of the Lord, right? The sons of them that afflicted thee, these who are putting God's people on their cross, as the vessels of dishonor that they are, they crucify God's people. And whatsoever you have done to the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. We had a dream here just the other day of um, a young man who fell into faction because his daddy lied to him, fell into faction. And in this particular vision, he was going through hell with a chain dragging behind him, and on the end of the chain was Jesus. He was dragging him through hell. And Jesus was on his knees and hands, and he was uh, beaten up and bloodied and so on and so forth. And he was, and this kid was dragging him through hell. And just la-di-da, walking down the road like nothing ever happened, not even looking behind him. And we knew it wasn't that not only was he crucifying to himself the Son of God afresh and putting him to an open shame, he also was doing this to the least of these his brethren and doing it unto him. Whatsoever you do to the least of these, my brethren, you do it unto me. These people are crucifying Jesus again. The sons of them that afflicted thee shall come bending unto thee. And all they that despised thee shall bow themselves down at the soles of thy feet. They're going to get the revelation 
of the evil that they've done to God's people. These people have stolen from God's people, persecuted God's people, put their lies on God's people, blamed their own sins on God's people, everything. And they don't even know what they're doing. It's like Nebuchadnezzar. But they're going to get their revelation right at the right time because God's in control of all that. They, they shall bow down themselves down at the soles of thy feet, and they shall call thee the city of the Lord, the Zion, which is the bride, of the Holy One of Israel. How cool. <laughs> God raised up his man-child Jesus to bring many children to Zion, the bride, Isaiah 49 and 7 says, Thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, and His Holy One, to him whom man despiseth, to him whom the nation abhorreth, to a servant of rulers. That's Jesus, and it's also in our time, Jesus in the man-child body, because history repeats on a larger scale as he told me many years ago. It just keeps on repeating, but it repeats with more and more people. Because whatsoever you've done to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. So now Jesus' body is a corporate body being persecuted in the earth by the wicked. To him whom the nation abhorreth, and does this nation that was once considered to be a Christian nation but now we have discovered is being led by Satanists who have put their witchcraft on people to make them go crazy, just like those in the church have gone crazy. The Lord is turning the whole world and the worldly church over to the devil for a spanking. A servant of rulers, Jesus in the mantle body, Kings shall see and arise, princes, and they shall worship because of the Lord that is faithful, even the Holy One of Israel, who hath chosen thee. Notice, they're in bondage, and the Lord, who is faithful, is going to deliver them from bondage. And verse 8 says, Thus saith the Lord, In an acceptable time have I answered thee. See, don't, just because he hadn't answered you now does not mean he's not going to answer you. The devil's the one that tells you that, right? In an acceptable time. First of all, these people got to learn their lesson. And the wicked have to be used to crucify the righteous. There is a time, you see. The Passover, by the way, was a time, a certain time. When the lamb was sacrificed and uh, the wicked were rejoicing, <laughs> but there was a time when he brought them all out of Egypt, baptized them in the sea and in the cloud, and brought them into the wilderness. And uh, also in the wilderness, multitudes will be. Uh, brought forth 
because of these people. And in a day of salvation have I helped thee. And I will preserve thee and give thee for a covenant of the people. Praise God. Awesome news, right? To raise up the land, to make them inherit the desolate heritages. That is, the place where they should have been living in the kingdom of God in the land of the promise, so on and so forth. But now it was desolate because they had been taken captive to foreign lands under the enemy, so on and so forth. He wants to raise up those desolate heritages, saying to them that are bound, go forth. That's all it takes right there. Kind of like Ezekiel's... uh, Dry bones. <laughs> he prophesied to them and they stood up. That was the revival. Saying to them that are bound, go forth. And to them that are in darkness, show yourselves. They shall feed in the ways and on all the bare heights shall be their pasture. They shall not hunger nor thirst neither shall the heat nor the sun smite them. For he that hath mercy on them will lead them. Even by springs of water will he guide them. So Joseph's children were finally led out of Egypt. But there they went, came under bondage, right? And then he brought them out. When they had enough of being a slave to the old man, it was just at that time that the Lord said, Go forth. (laughs) In verse 11, And I will make all my mountains away. And that is for the redeemed to come to Zion. And my highways shall be exalted. The way of the Lord, the way of His people will be exalted. Lo, these shall come from far. And lo, these from the north and from the west. And these from the land of Sinim, which is the east. Sing, O heavens, be joyful, O earth. And break forth into singing, O mountains. For the Lord hath comforted His people. And will have compassion upon his afflicted. But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me. The Lord hath forgotten me. Yet, for a while Zion was left in the hands of the wicked for a crucifixion, including their King David, right? For a crucifixion. And it looks like that. It feels like that. Remember in Psalm 89, David spoke about all the wonderful promises God had given him. He said, but Lord, now look at me. <laughs> you know, I'm going through this. You know? Yep. There's a way to see the promises fulfilled. And you've got to endure the tribulations and the testings, right? Can a woman forget her suckling child? that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? 
Yea, these might even forget, or may forget, yet will not I forget thee. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. The Lord knows that he is the one that turned them over to the devil for this chastening, and he's the one that's going to say, okay, that's enough. We're so nearsighted, I would say. Thy children make haste. Thy destroyers and they that made thee waste shall go forth from thee. Yep, those principalities and powers are going to be dealt a death blow. <laughs> those who crucified the bride from the apostate church will repent or flee. And her children will come to her. Verse 18, Lift up thine eyes round about, and behold, all these gather themselves together and come to thee. As I live, says the Lord, thou shalt surely clothe thee with them all as with an ornament, and gird thyself with them like a bride. For as for thy waste and thy desolate places, and thy land that hath been destroyed, surely now shalt thou be too straight for the inhabitants. And they that swallowed thee up shall be far away. You know, I believe it was uh, Jeremiah 51 that spoke about this. The road will be too narrow for those who persecuted her, and uh, they will separate. But then, verse 20 says, The children of thy bereavement, that is, uh, born and taken into captivity, right? We've, we've all had children like that, born and taken into captivity. Shall yet say in thine ears, The place is too straight for me. Give place to me that I may dwell. Those who return, of course, will need grace. Then shalt thou say in thy heart, Who hath begotten me these? Seeing I have been bereaved of my children. And the bride's children had gone into captivity. Hmm. And all of a sudden, here is this flood of people. Who hath begotten me these? In other words, how did this happen to these people, you know? Seeing I have been bereaved of my children, and am solitary, and exile, and wandering to and fro. Who hath brought up these? The Lord was doing it secretly, wasn't he? New children who were being prepared in secret among the nations. And now they're coming to the bride. The bride, of course, is not only the bride, but the capital city. As John saw the bride coming down out of heaven, the new Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem, not the old dead Jerusalem that's in the Middle East. Get your eyes off of that. 
So this, this one is a born-again-from-above bride. Behold, I was left alone, and these, where were they? Mm-hmm. It'd be a shock. And the Lord answers her question in 22. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will lift up my hand to the nations and set up my ensign to the peoples. And they shall bring thy sons in their bosom, and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders. And kings shall be thy nursing fathers, and their queens thy nursing mothers. Who took care of uh, Joseph's brothers and sisters and the children who were brought into Egypt? The king took care of them, gave them the, great, the nicest part of the land, Goshen, everything. They shall bow down to thee with their faces to the earth and lick the dust of thy feet, and thou shalt know that I am the Lord. And they that wait for me shall not be put to shame. Shall the prey be taken from the mighty, or the lawful captives be delivered? In other words, it's legal that they've been gone into captivity. They went into captivity because of sin and rebellion. They're the lawful captives that will be delivered. In other words, their time is up. The children will be set free from captivity to the beast and the harlot, which is which was the man-child Jesus' first message in Isaiah 61, 1 through 3, remember? But thus saith the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away, and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For I will contend with him that contendeth with thee, and I will save thy children. Praise the Lord. So there's a time for everything. God um, lays foundations, you know, and there's a time. And I will feed them that oppress thee with their own flesh. That is, those that don't repent, right? He already talked about some who repented. But I will feed them that oppress thee with their own flesh. They shall be drunken with their own blood. Remember what happens to factious people. They turn on each other. They devour each other. They devour their own families. We have watched it happen. And all flesh shall know that I, the Lord, am thy Savior and thy Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Amen. Not only is the bride going to bear many children, but uh, those among the larger church who are faithful. And these are typed as Jacob or Israel, like Isaiah 43 and 1, it says, but, but, now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. And then down in verse 5, Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, Give up, and to the south, Keep not back. Bring my sons from far. 
and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Every one that is called by my name, and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, yea, whom I have made, bring forth the blind people that have eyes, and the deaf that have ears. So hang on to your faith, saints. Um, And I believe the Lord is reminding us of this right now because we're getting close. We're getting close. Father, we're putting our faith together for our children, uh, spiritual children that we've sown the seed of the Word of God in, and um, physical children too. Uh, We ask you, Lord, to do a mighty move among them and bring them quickly into the kingdom and into the Lord Jesus Christ and into the secret place of the Most High. Some of these children have already heard all of this, you know, but they have gone astray so that they might know their need of salvation, personal salvation and personal relationship with the Lord. Lord, the dead church speaks a lot about a personal relationship with the Lord, but they don't have it when they've rejected your word. It's just hot air. But we ask you, Lord, to bring them into this personal relationship that they have talked about receiving. Bring them into this to know the Jesus of the Bible, the real gospel, Thank you, Father, for doing a mighty work. Lord, we are putting our faith in you, our trust in you. We know that your salvation is powerful to deliver. And we have utmost faith in you, Lord, that um, multitudes are about to come into the kingdom. And uh, thank you, Father. Thank you in Jesus' name. Lord, uplift the faith. You know, by grace have you been saved through faith. That's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Lord, send your gift of faith to the saints who are listening today. Uh, Fill them with faith that you're doing this thing. And help us to hold fast to our faith and confess our faith and even tell our children that they're going to be saved. They're going to be delivered. We claim it as done. Amen. And Father, we just thank you for granting mercy in our hearts, Lord, to, to be diligent, to be your servants, so that our children can be saved. To be diligent, to be righteous so that our children can be saved, to be diligent, to exercise faith, and because we have a clear conscience, so that our children can be saved. The children of the righteous are the ones that are coming. Father, we praise you. We thank you for it. We thank you for your mercy towards us and helping us to understand this. We ask that this this wonderful revelation go out there, touch multitudes of people that they will hear and understand and have faith and see this wonderful thing. Lord, we know you're going to do some frightening things. We we ask that your people not be moved by the frightening things that are happening. Some don't understand. Some are considering that they will fly away before anything like this happens. 
So it's going to take many by surprise. And um, in some cases, even disgust that they've been taken in by this false prosperity gospel of the all-fly-away movement. So we thank you, Father, for doing that. We thank you for your mercy. We don't deserve it, but we believe it. We just believe it. We believe it because of what Jesus did, not because of what we've done. We thank you that it's a done deal, and we believe we have received in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, thank you, saints, for joining us today, and uh, the Lord be with you. I do pray that you will reinforce your faith for the things you believe for, even those that you may have once loved and been close to who have now turned to be your enemy. Pray for them. Jesus said to do that. So pray for them, you know, that they will come back into the kingdom. They can be especially good friends now. In Jesus' name, amen and good night. For information, materials, and to contribute, go to unleavenedbreadministries.org. Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels. Post Office Box 231616, Montgomery, Alabama, 36123. Though the rivers rise, I still believe. For oh, your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus. I trust in you. And when I face that darkest night, what will be my guiding light? Shining rays of red and white Jesus, I trust in you Sacred heart in you I find Mercy seated for all time I am yours and you are mine Oh Jesus, I trust in you Though the mountains fall into the sea Though the rivers rise, I still believe For your mercy stands and your word is true Oh Jesus, I trust in you Though the mountains fall into the sea Though the rivers rise, I still believe For your mercy stands and your word is true Oh Jesus Lord Jesus